What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode number 28. I'm your host, Brett Bueller. Today, my guest is Dan Kelly. He is the frontman of a local Maryland band called Never Say Die. They are kind of old-school punk rock. Um, first album was back in 2010, Surrender is Not an Option. They uh, have since put out two more, Convictions and Addictions, in 2014 and uh, Punk Rock Pirates in 2020. I will feature the title track off that album at the end of this episode. I want to thank Dan for coming on and having a good chat. Um, As always, if you're a local musician, and especially if you're releasing some new things, you can always hit me up and uh, do an episode to try and promote it. Other than that, uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Dan for coming on, and hopefully... Have a good week. Episode 28, Dan Kelly. Hey, man, how's it going? How's it going, dude? Uh, just, uh, just another day living the dream. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, I got a little crushed last night at work, so slow getting back to it. This is my, my morning here in the afternoon. <laughs> Hey, no problem, man. Thanks for uh, having me on. Yeah, no worries. Um, I kind of call this like the working man's podcast. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm at work right now. Perfect. What do you do? I am a facilities manager for an IT company, but considering that most people are working from home now, there's not as much to do as there was before. Yeah, it looks like you're in an office. Yeah, I'm actually in the, uh, well, we call it the mail room, but it's the uh, the storage room for all of our mail stuff, office supplies, just random storage. Yeah, I got you. Do you get to work from home at all, or are you pretty much still going in? Uh, I mean, they gave the whole company the option to work from home, but there's not a whole lot I can do. The stuff that I still have to do, you know, is stuff that I need to physically be here to do, so... There's not really much point in trying to do anything from home. Well, I know what it's like to be the uh, the essential employee. I work for the fire department, so we don't exactly uh, shut down. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I was checking out some of your stuff here online. Um, is that the only album, Punk Rock Pirates, on SoundCloud? No, that's the third album, actually. The first one was Surrender's Not an Option. Uh, the second one was Convictions and Addictions. And then uh, last year, we had six songs on the EP Live Your Gimmick Volume 2 from Tuna for Sushi Records, who's a, a local label. Cool, yeah. Now I'm seeing it. Is it uh, only on Spotify? Is it on more than that? I mean, I'm sorry, SoundCloud. Uh, it's on SoundCloud, it's on Spotify, um, I don't really remember all those spots it's on, Bandcamp I know is one, um, it's one of those, uh, it was one of those websites, I can't remember the name of it, where you, you like, go in there and submit, you know, put the stuff on there and it submits it to all the different music sites, so I'm not really sure which ones it's up on yet and which ones it's not up on yet. Gotcha. Yeah, I was trying to find you on Spotify. And um, for anyone listening to this, I guess if you have any helpful tips for finding your uh, your band stuff, 
Um, like I said, I'm here with Dan Kelly of Never Say Die from Maryland. Um, and the album I was listening to was Punk Rock Pirates. But I will say it hasn't been a totally easy search on Spotify. So I'm not saying that's your fault, but maybe if there's a helpful tip. The best the best place to get to it is through uh, our site on Facebook. I got you. Uh, Never Say Die Music. Um, same thing for SoundCloud. It's Never Say Die Music. Uh, Instagram, same thing. Okay. Uh, but on Facebook, I try and have links to, to all the other stuff, so... Yeah, well, I'll definitely link um, the SoundCloud or Facebook or both to this episode to the notes, so it should be an easy click. I, awesome. I primarily use Spotify myself, so um, that just because uh, the other stuff, I guess, has ads if you don't uh, subscribe to it. Um, but I use uh, SoundCloud for releasing my own music, too, so you know how it goes. Yeah. Um, just too many internet sites these days for music. It's a blessing and a curse, I guess. Yeah, see, people, you know, people think that it's, you know, with all this stuff online that it's easier for local bands, but, you know, I kind of think it actually makes it harder for them in some aspects because it's so easy for everybody to put everything out. It's just, it's yeah. that much easier to just get lost in the mix. Yeah, it certainly can be. Um, I guess just kind of word of mouth is really the only way local bands ever get anything done um and then, yeah i mean it's stuff you know it's stuff like this it's people doing podcasts it's people having yeah. um, music pages you know where everybody has their own little audience that can help you know help get the different bands out there yeah i know the show at shamrock was pretty cool um as far as uh getting a few of the local guys out there um I want to say Zach Bellas was also there too. That yeah, night. Zach, yeah, it was us, you guys, Zach Bellas band, and uh, Backseat Hooligans for that show. Right. Yeah, I've been trying to get Backseat on here as well. Uh, I know they mentioned trying to do something, but yeah, I kind of just started this because you know, obviously, we're meeting each other across some paths once in a while, but we're not necessarily following up on I don't know, hanging out or doing anything. And this seemed like a simple way, doing a podcast, to kind of, like, uh, bring everybody into the network a little bit more. So yeah. It doesn't cost No, it's anything. cool, man. It's, yeah, it's cool. It's, uh, you know, especially now with everything shut down, it's, you know, it's yeah. harder without being able to have all these shows. Oh, damn, lights went out. Yeah, but, cool. um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's the motion-activated lights in the office. If I don't move for too long, they just go out. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, you know, it's you know, it's one thing when you're playing shows and you're playing a couple shows a month and you you play with you might play with four or five bands and you know, there might be one or two of them you hit it off with and you're like, Oh, we should play together again and then yeah. somebody books a show and calls the other guys, Hey, come get on this bill and but now with everything being shut down it's you know, yeah. there's none of that going on. Yeah, it was real boring there, real quiet back in March and April for so as far as music's concerned, so I was like, well, I might as well do something here and see what everybody's up to. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple places that are slowly opening up. I see, yeah. you know, some, like, acoustic open mics and, um, you know, a couple outdoor things here or there, but even that's just, 
it's so it's so few and far between for anything and i can't imagine there's even a ton of people coming out to them yeah it's been kind of hit or miss i've been exploring uh playing shows a little bit this summer typically we got to go out west or um down south uh to get shows now whether they're indoor or outdoor just because i don't know there's just a different social climate i think i guess but within the cities, everything's still pretty locked down for the most part. Yeah, I know there's the uh, Sky Stage around here that's been starting to do some stuff again. But, you know, that's a big outdoor thing. Yeah. And then once, I guess, it gets cold, then the Octo- I mean, the uh, the outdoor stuff starts to dry up a little bit, obviously. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, people are doing, you know, doing the stuff online you know you know doing the you know recording them like recording themselves in their practice spaces and putting it out there but even that it's not like everybody's got you know got the best sound equipment to to be able to do that yeah i don't know it'll slowly crawl back i imagine yeah yeah i hope so things will be closer to normal but i mean that's what everybody wants right you know we're out there yeah playing music you want to go out and you want to go out and play it for other people. Yeah, that's the idea. But and I know, like personally, I'm mean, I'm as big of a fan of music as I am of playing it. If that makes sense. So I'm, yeah, I'm itching to to get back out and see bands again on my own. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's like anything that people do. You don't, uh, you know, you don't really pick up an instrument and learn to play it and form a band if you're not, you know, super into music to start with. Yeah. So let's kind of talk about your guys' discography. Um, my apologies on, I normally do a little bit better homework. Um, but hey, no uh, you guys go back, I mean, back to 2010 with uh, Surrender is Not an Option, and then Convictions and Addictions in 2014, and you mentioned being on a, a collaboration album in 2018, and now you have this new one, uh, which was re- released in June of this year, um, Punk Rock Pirates. So, anything you want to get into, I know that's a lot of history probably, but you can start with yeah, the new it, stuff and work your way back or the other way around. Yeah, I guess I'll start at the beginning. The The first album came out with something I actually worked on for a couple of years. It's really mostly just me. Um, I've been playing in a band with some guys, and we went into the studio one day and recorded what kind of ended up becoming that album, and then they left the band and it ended up being something that you know i eventually just finished myself over the span of a couple of years whenever i would have money to go into the recording studio for an hour here or two hours there and you know eventually it just got to the point where i said you know it's it's good enough it's done i can't just work on this thing forever it's got to be put out there yeah. which is why i called the album surrender's not an option because i was like i'm not going to surrender i'm i'm going to release this i'm going to get these songs out there it was me playing guitar playing bass singing doing all the writing i had a buddy a couple buddies play drums um and then just kept recording over time when it came time to do the second album ran a kickstarter to run the or to uh get the money for it and then same thing i went in did the guitar did the bass did the vocals got a guy i'd been jamming with to come in and do the drums and release that and we would occasionally have people that would join up and we play a 
you know, kind of one-off shows here and there. And then a couple of years ago, I'd always been really wanting to to get a group going. And if you know, two years ago, three years ago, found uh, the bass player Brian B A Thunderpilly is his stage name on Craigslist, and you know, we talked and we kind of hit it off. We had a lot of the same bands we were into, a lot of the same you know, same interest in music and our drummer, Matt or Ziggy Bax, his stage name. We, uh, we found him a couple months later after me and Brian had been working on some stuff. And that's when the group for that did, that did the new album really came together. Um, I'd actually already started recording a third album before I hooked up with them and we were good, but it was only kind of demos and we were going to finish that up to be the third album. And then when we got the chance to do the, the um, Live Your Gimmick comp, we just sent, uh, we finished off five of the songs and sent them to that. And then the, um, the one song on there, Irish Goodbye, is one that I did the music for, Brian wrote the lyrics for, and we recorded that to add to it. Nice. And then so we started off fresh with the, when we recorded the new album. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely covering some ground. I realize 10 years is a pretty long time yeah. to be at it. Um, yeah. But yeah, do you, um, how much recording do you do on your end? Are you a semi-producer or are you going somewhere? Like, how, how have you been recording? No, we, no, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I have a recording app on my, or a program on my computer, um, but it's nothing that could do could really release it's just for demos so yeah. you know i have a i have a um like a one nice studio mic that i can plug into there and can really just use it to record demos that i would give the other guys and say hey here's kind of what i came up with and you know they'll take it and listen you know i'll play it for them and practice and they'll take it and listen to it and be able to come back with their parts and like hey i've got a good bass riff for this or i got a good drum part for this or hey what if we add this here or, or change that and like for the songs that I write, yeah. um, you know, Brian, for the songs he wrote, he would just kind of come in and, you know, and show me how to play it because he didn't have a recording stuff. So, yeah, I guess uh, you're kind of the head honcho of your band, the uh, the ringleader of your circus, as it were. Like, uh... Uh, Yeah, well, at this point, you know, uh, you know, Brian and, and Matt decided, both decided to leave. Matt actually lives in West Virginia and didn't have a car, so we were always picking him up for practices and for shows and he ended up just uh, getting in another band that was up there closer to where he lives. And then yeah. um, right after that, Brian decided to leave too because he is just kind of kind of burned out on music. Because, you know, I mean, it's a lot of work into it. It's just, it's not yeah. just showing up and playing shows. It's constantly promoting, constantly trying to book shows, you know, get people to your, to your pages, um, you know, selling tickets, just, you know, practice, writing stuff. And, you know, he told me he just needed to take a break from it for a while. And then, of course, COVID hits and everybody yeah. takes a break from it. Yeah, figures. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's tough to find uh, a balance with working on stuff, especially in the original world. I mean, I spent yeah. a, a fair amount of time playing in cover bands, too, just to kind of, it kind of like takes the edge off, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know you know you're going to get paid and like you know you might get to play some places you wouldn't get to play if 
if um, you weren't doing uh, covers. But um, yeah, that's just uh, something that I think about once in a while too. Obviously, my you know my heart and soul and creative uh, part of me is in the original world for sure. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we, I mean, we always play covers in our sets. We would have we had a long list of about fifteen or so covers that we did, but we wanted to have a lot so that when we would play, it wouldn't just be the same cover song all the time. Like we had a lot of originals and a lot of covers so that whenever we would play a set it's not just the same thing like i see too many local bands come out and they basically just play the same set every time you see them there might be one song difference or the songs will be in a different order but you know it's really the same thing every time and we didn't want that we wanted to have a lot of songs so that if you came and saw us you know on a friday you'd hear that set and then if you came back to see us the next week um, at a different venue, you might hear, you know, maybe half the set would be the same or a third of the set would be the same and all the rest of it would be different songs we didn't play the week before. So, you know, we like to have a lot so we can mix it up. Yeah. It was, we always would throw, a, you know, one or two covers in there. Well, um, yeah, I was going to ask you about some of your bigger songs or songs that people uh, gravitate to. I noticed the song Megadeth. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's got 18,000 streams on Spotify alone. So, I mean, that one's kicking some ass. Oh, yeah. On SoundCloud, that one is just, is by far and away the most listened to. You know, you get those little notifications in your yeah. email where it says, like, some random person you never heard of liked your track. And I look at it now and I'm like, yeah, I bet it's Megadeth. And I open it up. I'm yeah. like, oh, shocker. Yeah, it's Megadeth. Yeah, it's, a, it's just like old school. Uh, hardcore punk kind of song yeah. that I wrote about this uh, comic book character, Evil Ernie. That nice. uh, when like the first iteration of this band, um, when it was formed, we were actually called before it was Never Say Die. It was called White Knuckle Ride, and it was a, a comic that I liked, and I gave it to the other guy that sang, and he liked it too. So you know, yeah. we ended up we ended up writing it about him and. You know, it. Uh, it's always the songs that you don't really expect that are the ones that people gravitate towards. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty crazy that you got that many streams just on uh, Sound- SoundCloud. Um, yeah. I know, like, <clears throat> when you're playing, especially if you've been playing a song for that long, it can start to feel maybe almost like you're covering yourself. Does that- well, you know, that's the thing. We didn't even play that song live. Huh. Because uh, if you listen to it, it's got it's got uh, tempo changes, but they're tempo changes that go you know, like straight from you know straight from a fast tempo yeah. to to a slow tempo and back and forth, and it does that like four or five times in the song. But there's no break where everything will stop, and then it'll change. It just instantly goes to it, and you know Matt would always have a hard time just doing that doing that tempo change so it's something that never really even made it into the set for the past couple years yeah it's interesting well um yeah i mean you got a lot to choose from just looking at your discography so um yeah it was i think it was eight songs on the first album i think 16 on the second there's the six songs 
from the comp there's 13 on the new album plus there's a couple uh a couple um cover songs that they had recorded that's up on there there's a a couple demos that are up on there yeah yeah yeah, there's a lot on the soundcloud yeah i'll feature um whatever song you want to on this podcast episode i was listening to uh raise your glass that had a little bit of a interesting tempo change there which was kind of cool um but really whatever you're promoting or whatever you think uh you want out there i can definitely drop it in the the end of the episode here awesome yeah i'd say probably just the um Probably just just the title track off the new album, Punk Rock Pirates. Yeah, Battle Cry. I think that's a, I think that's a, uh, yeah, that's a pretty good representation of the, of the album. Yeah. I was actually when we were trying to come up with what to call the album, um, it was Brian that suggested calling it Punk Rock Pirates because I'm not generally a fan of naming an album after one of the songs on it. I was, you know, I always thought it was kind of lazy. I was like, you know, let's find a good, you know, let's find a good line that's in the album to make the the title um, like a good line in one of the songs or just something else that sounds good. But he's like, no, punk rock pirates would be cool, and you know, we could have the good imagery for it. And he convinced me, and he was definitely right. Um, yeah, he was definitely right with it. Which is the good thing about being in a band is, you know, if it's just you, you don't really have anybody to to bounce ideas off of it's always good having other people to you know to do that with as long as they're on the same wavelength as you i feel like you always end up with something better yeah for sure i mean i've sort of been running what i call like a a mercenary band for a few years where it's just like i do have some regular people i play with um when we want to kind of come up with stuff but you know at the end of the day it's kind of whoever i know Whoever wants to play the show. And, yeah, I've been uh, there before. That's that's kind of how Never Say Die was over the years before before I started playing with Brian and Matt. It was, you know, whoever was around and like, hey, you know, I got this show opportunity. You want to come play with me? And Yeah. Yeah, you know, sometimes it would be just me playing guitar and singing and someone playing drums. Sometimes it'd be me and another guy playing guitar and just doing it like acoustically. It just is always something different. Yeah. Right now, I'm working on some new songs in the studio, and it's nice that I have uh, a friend I'm working with who I've played shows with, but he's actually, like, a really good producer, and he has a good ear for, like, just things you wouldn't notice, and a good ear for song structure. So, definitely having somebody else to uh, to uh, rebound stuff off of is, is really helpful. Well, that's why I always like going into a studio, too. People have told me before, like, oh, you're spending this money in the studio. Why don't you, you know, why don't you just buy the equipment yourself? I was like, well, first off, it's expensive yeah. to buy all the stuff that you really need. And then, the learning curve. You, know, you know, it's a lot of time to, you know, yeah, anybody you know, can learn the basics of it, but it's going to be a good producer in a studio that's going to know all the little things all the little tricks and stuff because they've just been doing that themselves for years and i find it's always good to it's always good to have somebody that's never heard the stuff before yeah but just hearing it fresh when you're recording it that'll be able to to throw ideas at you of stuff that you wouldn't have thought of i've had you know i've had songs over the years i've recorded that 
you know, the guy recording was like, hey, how about you put a guitar solo here? You know, how about you do this, you know, add a second guitar like this here? Just just little things, or how about you change this line here? And, you know, it all almost always ends up ends up sounding better. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely know what you mean there. Um, so I realize you just put out a ton of material, um, but being that there is downtime, are you always thinking about the next thing, or...? Yeah, I'm always I'm always writing new songs. Uh, it's it's funny. I you know early in this I wrote about four songs that are either done, new ones that are either done or almost done. That I was thinking about. You know, maybe I'll record these and release them. And call it like the pandemic EP. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I mean, I'm always writing stuff. I got I got a stack of lyrics with no music. I got a ton of riffs and and completed music with no lyrics, just trying to fit stuff together. Even as far as fully written songs, lyric and music and everything, I've got close to 100. Um, I mean, it includes the stuff I've already released, but just a ton of songs that just have never gotten a chance to record and you know, that's the thing whenever it comes time to record, you know, it gets hard to choose what to it gets hard to choose what to do because it's um i got all these songs i wrote before that i like but like oh i got all these new songs here too and kind of you know even some of the songs off the new album like that song one more time that closes the album out i mean i think i wrote that song like 15 years ago wow you know and then some of them were brand new ones that were written you know just a couple months before we recorded the cd yeah yeah, I don't know. I think everybody's got a little different strategy. I know for me, like, I'm not saying I've been successful at it, but I always kind of keep the all-killer, no-filler mentality in the back of my head, and I'm like, if I don't feel, like, you know, 100% on a song or 95%, then I'm like, eh, it was a nice try. I don't need to record it, and I can just kind of keep it for myself as a demo or something. Yeah, I've definitely got songs like that. Or I'll have some songs where I'm like, uh, you know what, this one's not that great, but you know, these couple lines are pretty good, so let me just keep those couple lines and you know, I'll fit them into something better later. Yeah. Um, or you know, or like, oh this one riff's good, but the rest of it kinda sucks. So <laughs> let's just keep that and let's build let's build around that for something else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean just, just constantly you know, constantly working on new stuff, and you know, there's always the hope to, to uh, be able to eventually record and release all of it. Though my buddy, my buddy told me once that um, that I've released more albums that nobody cares about than you two. That. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, but at least you two got to. Nobody cared about that one album, but at least it got dropped on everybody's, you know, everybody's yeah. iTunes account. And they got to tour the world, so there's that little, little. Yeah, tidbit. yeah, there's that too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's oftentimes just about the creative pursuit in and of itself. You know, just having yeah, something for, to work on is nice. Yeah, for me, I just want to get it all. You know, I'd like to get. I feel like I wrote the stuff for a reason, so I'd like to get it recorded and out there for people to hear. And you know, if something catches on, cool. And if not. You know, I at least got out there, like I said, for Megadeth and never thought that would be the song that would, of all the ones put out, that would be the one, yeah, that blows up. But, you know, you never know. Yeah. And that's part of the fun, too, I think, is uh, I don't know what expectations are for any individual person, but 
you know, at least personally, I feel like, you know, you're in there and you're trying to record something just thinking, well, probably nothing will happen, but hey, maybe something will. And that's pretty motivating. Yeah, I mean, that's how I look at it now, and especially with playing shows, too. We always would always would go out there and, and try and be energetic on stage and, and put out a good show. And, you know, and I always look at it as, you know, people are people are taking their time out to to come travel there wherever you're playing and see you and they're spending their money to get into the show and and all that and you know you owe it to them to to give them a good time and give them an entertaining show so always try and always try and think about that when we're up there and yeah you know and especially with the songs too a lot of our songs are um you know they're a little faster paced and you know, got a lot of singing along stuff on it, so it's, you know, it's good to get people singing along when they see you live and get them out there dancing and moving and. Yeah, for sure. Who were some of your um, influences? I mean, I guess I kind of feel like you're gonna say something like Agnostic Front, or I don't know how hardcore your background is, but. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I listen to a lot of the hardcore stuff like Agnostic Front, Sick of It All, and yeah. uh, my favorite hardcore bands, Blood for Blood. I um, as far as the main influences, I mean, at least for punk, for me, with the old ones, it always goes back to the Ramones and the Clash. And yeah, for the for the newer stuff, um, Dropkick Murphys is probably my favorite band. Them oh, and Rancid and yeah, Rancid uh, the Yeah, the Bouncing Souls. Uh, the Ducky Boys, um, yeah, I just, you know, I, I like that stuff, um, like I said, I, you know, I like the stuff, I remember the first time I saw the Dropkick Murphys before they even had an album out, they were opening with, or opening for the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones right after they hit it big, nice. and I remember seeing them and being like, wow, these guys kick ass, and, you know, I'd never heard of them before, and never heard the songs before, and you know, they get halfway through a song and get to the chorus the second time and you're already singing along to it, even yeah. though you've never heard it before. And I was like, yeah, this is kind of what I want, where where you can sing along, like right when you hear it the first time, you can pick yeah. up on it to be able to sing along. Yeah, it's uh, that's the goal, I think, is to have those like memorable little lines that, you know, are just instantly recognizable. I know. Yeah, I mean, that's the stuff, I feel like that's the stuff that really sticks with people, if they have those couple lines that they can remember or if you have a really good riff like i mean look at acdc yeah yeah Angus young's a great lead guitarist but what is it you remember the most about them you remember those really those really kick-ass guitar riffs that they have and they're not yeah. really complicated riffs either but they're just so good that, that they just stick with you yeah i think uh, acdc in particular would be the epitome of like refined or distilled rock in the sense that what I know of them is they were playing, you know, every day for probably decades, but eventually, you know, they just whittled down every little sound, every little riff into something like almost like mechanical or machine-like. Like it was just still, it still kept the rawness, but you know what I mean? Like it was just focused. It was very, very driven. Yeah, and you know, when you really break their songs down, they're not super complicated. It's like, all right, here's a really good riff for the verse. Yeah. Here's a good, you know, here's a pretty basic riff for the chorus with a, you know, with a good with a good hook to sing along to. Here's an Angus Young guitar solo, and 
You know, it's like the same thing with social distortion, too. Here's the riff for the verse. Here's the chorus, which on a lot of their songs is the same as the verse. And, you know, here's a Mike Ness solo and that's it. Though I'm I'm not a very good lead guitarist, so there's not a whole lot of leads on the CDs. Well, if you ever need a guest lead, that's kind of my MO. <laughs> I actually, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. I, we always tried to, to find a second guitarist. Um, well, actually, Brian was a was actually a guitarist that played bass in this, and we kept trying to find a bass player so he could switch to second guitar. But you know, we tried out a couple guys, and it was just never a good fit. But I just I honestly don't like playing leads. I like yeah. I like running around, jumping around the stage, and you know, and acting like a fool. And it's kind of hard to do that when you got to stand in place and really pay attention to like, oh, I have to hit this specific note right after this other specific note, and if I mess it up. If I'm off by one fret, it's going to sound terrible. <laughs> yeah, um, it all depends on your comfortability, I suppose. I spent the last couple years um, being Slash <laughs> in a Guns N' Roses cover band. And uh, as precise as you think you might have to be, I mean, it, it's all about just having fun and getting wild. And like for me, I still joke that I write songs just so I can play lead guitar parts over them. Like, that's just what I grew up doing. So, I think it's just comfort level as far as what you're used to playing. I don't know. But. I mean, you know, I, some of those bands are named like Social D and ACDC, you know, like every one of their songs have a guitar solo in it, which is yeah. fine. It fits all their stuff. But then you listen to a band like the Ramones and there's barely any songs that have leads. And I feel like it's somewhere in between. Like when I write a song, I don't write it to think, oh, I'm going to have I'm going to have a guitar solo here. It's just when I'm writing it and I'm kind of putting the structure of the song together, it's just, uh, I just kind of think, well, you know, what's best, you know, what's going to make the song the best song it can be. So yeah, sometimes okay. it's okay. I need, you know, I need a guitar solo here. Other times it's, well, you know, I need a, you know, a, a break here. That's going to be something lyrical with a different riff or, you know, it, it just depends on the song. Yeah. I try not to force anything into it. Um, that'll just make it sound out of place yeah for sure do you work on anything as far as like with your voice or do you work on anything as far as like melodies or i don't know when you're approaching um, lyrics like do you get the melody first and then work lyrics in or do you kind of like go lyrics first and then you know i know a lot of people i've you know a lot of musicians i've heard have specific processes and you know i really don't sometimes i'll have the music sometimes i'll just have one riff Sometimes I'll pick up and start playing and I'll just kind of write a whole song there. Um, sometimes it'll be playing something and I'll just sing a line or two and go like, yeah, that's good and build on it. Sometimes I have the lyrics and I write music specifically to go with that. And I guess probably most of the time it's I'll have music and I'll have lyrics and I'll be like, hey, these two kind of fit together. Now let me just yeah. either adjust the lyrics or adjust the music to fit. And I mean, as far as singing, I'm not... You know, I'm not a trained singer. Um, I I think I learned to sing the way most you know most normal people do. I just in the car. Yeah, I just put on songs in the car that I like, and I just crank it up and sing along yeah. to it. And you know, trying to try and sing along to it where I don't sound terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's pretty much the goal. Try not to scare people away. I know that's what I try to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I think my I think my voice works for 
you know, for what I do, for what the band does and the songs that we write. Um, I think if I was like in a Bruno Mars cover band, it wouldn't be very popular. <laughs> but, you know, if I was, uh, you know, if I was in a Screeching Weasel cover band, I'd probably be able to do okay. Yeah, I mean, look, look at Rant, like I said with Rancid. If you listen to Tim Armstrong's voice, he is not traditionally he's not a good singer, you know. But he fits with what they do, and you hear other people cover Rancid, and you're like, ah, it just doesn't sound right without him singing it. So, yeah, I think it's all just about fitting with what you do. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I usually go for about 30, 45 minutes on these things. Kind of keeps my editing uh, job. A little simpler um but like i said i'll definitely feature uh battle cry on here and drop some links um maybe before we get out of here though i gotta ask you about your shirt so i took a little screenshot on my phone so i can post oh, yeah. it later on on instagram or whatever but are you a movie buff yeah yeah um i'm a nerd with all the entertainment stuff i watch a ton of movies and yeah. this was actually it's a movie madness is a um it's a video store that's out in, uh, I believe it's Portland, and they did a Kickstarter campaign years ago where the guy that owned it was selling it, you know, to this new group, and they were running a Kickstarter to get the money to to um, be able to buy it to keep it going. And I was like, I mean, I'll never go there, but I know myself, I miss being able to go to the Blockbuster or the local video stores and actually yeah. walk around and look at stuff. Plus, you know, people just think, oh, well, I'll just watch this on Netflix or I'll just watch this on Amazon or Hulu or whatever. But, I mean, there's so many movies out there that just aren't on any of those platforms. I mean, I've got a ton of them on old VHS that aren't on anywhere that you can stream them. And, yeah. you know, it's, what you can stream is just a drop in the bucket for what's out there. So I really appreciate that places like this still exist that you can go and rent stuff because there's so much more yeah. that's worth watching that's just not out there the stuff that even hasn't been released on dvd or blu-ray doesn't mean that it's not good just means that you know it's somebody looking at it deciding they're not going to be able to make enough money to yeah. release it like that but you know it's still worth watching have you seen anything recently that kind of blew your mind or i'm always looking for movie recommendations personally um, well, I mean, I used to like to go to the movies, watch stuff fairly recently, but, you know, again, you know, with all of this and yeah. movie theaters being closed, I haven't seen a new movie and well, I'm actually not necessarily saying like a new released movie, but like, oh. like a movie you've seen recently, whether old or new that you didn't know about or something like that. That was cool. Uh, I'm trying to think cause really during the quarantine, I've been, uh, I've really been watching a lot of, you know, catching up on a lot of TV series on all these yeah. streaming things. My my aunt gave me her Amazon to use so I could nice. log on there to watch some of the shows that I like. What are you um, watching TV show wise? Uh, I just finished the you know, the newer. Well, I guess well, they're new to me. The new seasons of Marvelous Miss Maisel. Oh yeah, I love that show. Um, <laughs> Jack Ryan. Um, watched the final season of man in the high castle been watching the new season of the boys um the new uh the new season of lucifer I finished that up in a day or two nice. uh, i was actually you know you know i have my you know my computer with me most of the time so that i can you know 
if it's quiet and I'm working, doing some other work, I can open it up and have something. I was actually watching uh, Zodiac while I was doing my work because I haven't seen that movie in years. Yeah, that's cool. Well, yeah, um, it's been a good chat. I think I'll probably let you go here soon. Maybe let you get back to work. I don't know <laughs> what you're doing exactly. Yeah, uh, I'm seeing a couple emails popping up. Hopefully we can uh, cross paths, you know, in regular life as well again, whether at shows or whatever. Definitely yeah, I hope so. Uh, you know, like I said, the um, the bass player and the drummer left, so I've been trying to find some new guys to play with. So, you know, yeah. we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. And yeah, I yeah. Uh, I can't say I'll be necessarily joining your band, but I'm always <laughs> interested in a jam sesh. So. Oh, yeah, I always like playing with new people because, you know, you play with new people that, you know, maybe have different sensibilities than you do. Yeah. It, it uh, you know, I find it to be incredibly creative that it makes you come up with stuff that you wouldn't have come up with otherwise. Yeah, for sure. It uh, gets those neurons talking to each other that weren't quite talking to each other on a regular basis. Yeah. So. Like, you might hear them play one thing and you're like, Oh well, you know it'll make you think of something else that might may not even sound remotely like what they were doing, but it gives you an idea for something else. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, hopefully you have a good uh, good rest of your week, good weekend here. Um, Same to you. And uh, I'll get Battle Cry on here. I will send you over probably the draft of the podcast before I release it. I imagine uh, next week at some point. Um, and I'll get the links in there and if anything else pops up and you want it added just uh, just text me and uh, I'll get it in there alright will do alright man thanks for chatting All right. thanks good seeing you again good to see you again too man have a good day you too right. so yeah I want to thank Dan for coming on the song you're hearing in the background is called Punk Rock Pirates. It is off of the album Punk Rock Pirates. And uh, you can find it on Spotify, SoundCloud, all that stuff. I will also drop a link into the Podbean episode if that's where you happen to be listening. It might even show up on Apple Podcasts as well. Other than that, maybe thanks for listening.
Yo-ho, yo! 